Welcome to Oversharing with the Overvies. I'm Joe. And I'm Matt. And each week you can tune in to hear us respond to your voicemails, go in depth on our lives as content creators, and hopefully leave you feeling even better than we found you. With that being said, let's get to Oversharing. Matt's oh, nervous all. today, guys. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit, little bit nervous. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're doing it, though. We're going to have the, the sex and intimacy talk Yep. Yep. Are we going to be able to do it? Uh, when you say we, I think you definitely can. And I think I maybe can. Okay. Yeah. I'm really curious. Matt was like, you were really on board. I, I, oh, no, want... no, I think it's, I think it's important that we do it. I think I'm not the best at communicating these things. And I would like to preface the entire episode by saying that I have not pushed Matt <laughs> to no, do this episode. There has been no pressure. I very much, you know, I left it in your court. Yes. Yeah. If anything, the pressure is just the podcast audience really wanting it. So yeah, the peer pressure really gets me there. Yeah, it does. Again, the question of like, if all your friends jumped off a cliff, would you, my brain's like, why wouldn't I like, <laughs> yeah, all my friends jumped off that cliff. Why? <laughs> it's kind of a dumb question. That's mind boggling to me. <sighs> Self-preservation is not the strongest instinct of mine. Yeah. So I am not that nervous about today's episode. Sure. I don't I guess know. There's a lot of questions. It's not, I mean, unless they're like detailed questions about us, you, I guess I can frame it as not as personal. Do you know the thing that makes me a little nervous? What? I feel like sex is so under talked about in our culture because we just have a very like abstinence driven sex education system. A puritanical one. Yes. Yeah. And so. I fear that by sharing my own opinions and my own thoughts that people who don't have concrete ideas of what they want, they, what they like, what they need mm-hmm. will think that the way I do it because I'm willing to talk about it is right. Sure. And so I'd like to kind of get that over like an out <laughs> communicated sure. at the beginning because I think it's really important and this is with everything, but especially in this conversation mm-hmm. To have the understanding that there is no right way to have a sex life. Yeah. And regardless of, again, what you said, it goes for anything. Um, regardless of how you feel about us or the way we live or the way you think we live, um, you're still going to have to figure it out for yourself and not, not one size fits all. Yeah. And our size, while it is great for us, may not fit you. Because I do feel like a lot of these questions, we got a lot of questions and something I saw over and over again from people was like, how often should I have sex? Like, and think like kind of of that vein. And to me, there's not a right answer to questions like that. I think that that's deeply personal to you and your partner. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of how often do you want to, how right. often are you comfortable with? How often does your partner want to? Yeah. Like there isn't a right way. So there's probably going to be a lot of answers like that. Yeah. So brace for that. Yeah. But do we have any updates like on the week? Give them a quick rundown of our oh, week. Oh, what have we been doing for the week? Uh, Labor in. Day. We already talked about our drafts, right? Yep. Yep. We did our, our fantasy drafts. First game tonight. So, you know, we're do, recording do, it Thursday. So. Yeah. Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs Lions. So my brother's a Lions fan. He picked them because when he was trying to figure out an NFL team to watch, um, the Lions went 0 17 the year before. So he's like, if I sign up for Lions you fandom, be a bandwagon. no one's going to accuse me of being a bandwagon fan because they absolutely sucked last year. Z- they've won zero games. Zero and 17. I believe it was a, it, it, I mean, it has to be a record, but. What year was that? 
Ooh, that's a good question. Hmm. I didn't even know that a team it's has ever like done that. the last 10 years, I think. <laughs> that's yeah. nuts. I am a Chiefs fan, grew up in Missouri, but I am also a Buccaneers fan. Yeah. But <laughs> Tom Brady, it's Tom Brady, right? Matt, I'm going to kill you. Okay. That's what I was about to explain is I decided that I was a Bucks fan in what, 2016? Um, it was probably the first or second year we played fantasy. So like 2016 or 2017. Yeah. And uh, Tom Brady did not play nope, there. No, he was not there. Uh, and they were not very good. And so I didn't have to, no. I was like, nobody's going to think for yes. that exact same thing yes. that your, uh, your brother, that wasn't my sole reasoning, but you know, anyway. Well, it was a Deshaun Jackson, Ryan Fitzpatrick thing, which if you haven't looked up Ryan Fitzpatrick wearing <laughs> Deshaun Jackson's like post-game outfit. It's hilarious. Yeah, Deshaun Jackson is a wide receiver, um, has a lot of uh, a lot of drip, so to speak, and Ryan Fitzpatrick just took his entire like post-game outfit and wore it to the press conference after the game. <laughs> and so he's wearing like these big chains and this leather jacket, and I think he's wearing it open, yeah. I'm pretty sure. yeah. And he's like a father. Yeah, he's he's like he a father like of five or a six dozen or children. Yeah, and he's out there. They had him mic'd up one game, and he that's, he was like that's running. That's what won people. me yeah. over. <laughs> you you really just enjoyed Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, being a dad and doing bits out on the field. Yeah, he well he, he like ran over to a, be playing. Yeah, he he's was like, like a, a career a, backup. Yeah, and like he got yeah, but he's, he's he just, got put up to play quarterback in a game. Yeah. And he he hung around for a while. He played a lot of games. He yeah, started for several teams. Yeah, but he uh, <laughs> he made a drive that he wasn't expecting to. Yeah, I don't he's think. not a rushing quarterback. But no, he, got, he ran on like a fifteen-yard rush, and they had and him like mic'd ran up. into like a cornerback or something, and ran him over, and he was like, "Father of five. <laughs> it was funny. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, very very humorous. So then I decided I was a Bucks fan. Yeah, you were all in at that point, even though none of them play for the Bucks no, anymore. No, then but, Tom Brady came and they won like a Super Bowl and were very competitive. And you're and, like, oh, people are going to think. But I'm I was Tom still Brady cheering fan. for the Chiefs because it was against. They had yeah. that first year. They had the Super Bowl against the Chiefs. Yeah, they played each other. I was wild. Yeah. What are the chances? Maybe I just am magic at picking teams. Yeah, I mean. One day, maybe you'll share your proprietary uh, drafting nice. strategy. I like people who are nice. Uh, Good smiles. No other updates. No, I think it's been pretty pretty mild this week. Just trying to get back in the groove of working and I'm traveling content. next week. Yeah, you're heading out to LA. 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 I will be on my way home from LA as people are listening. But Perfect. Uh, yeah, big, big trip. So I'm, I'm going to be watching two kids. So Yeah. Lord, bear me strength. We might have some bad dad or great dad. We don't know. Mm. Or bad mom. I think we're going to have both. Okay. If we're going to just be honest about it. Good I think dad, there's going to be dad. some great. I think I'm going to make it, which is gonna like a good dad moment. Yeah. And I think there is going to be some lowlights. Yeah. Um, where, you know, good it's, dad had a, had a breaking point. It's less than 48 hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be fine. It's, what is it? Is it even two bedtimes? Yeah, it's two bedtimes. Two bedtimes. Okay. But less than that's what you're hours. most nervous about, isn't it? I I did it last night, and so having them both at bedtime. The tough part is if little guy isn't happy, he can really disrupt his older sister's bedtime. Yeah, and so you're trying to put like a sensory video on if, and hope that he's into it and focused. But then if you put a sensory video on, G's like, "Oh, we're watching sensory videos? Hell yeah!" <laughs> And you're like, no, 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 you're going to bed. Your brother's watching a sensory video. And that was tricky. Yeah. But we got that. there. We made it. It was, she's really good at going to bed. And so our 
five to 10 minute bedtime routine turned into like a 30 to 40 minute bedtime routine with her brother, like trying to not be really upset in the same time. So, but we made it. It actually turned out really good. I just had to feed him. That was mainly the big thing. Yeah. But I was putting that off as late as possible because I didn't know you were coming home. Right. And I think now, like while I'm gone, you won't be waiting. No. Like, no, no. It'll be I easier will, to schedule I will be that. ready to feed him. Like yeah. I understand that I need to feed him, but especially when you're breastfeeding, I'm like, oh, she's going to want to feed him and it's better if she doesn't have to pump. So if I can push it until she gets back, but I right. don't know she when start, she's getting back because she's having fun. Me. I could have, but I, then I didn't want to pressure you into like leaving yeah, I get that. I pre- yeah. I really do appreciate that because I, I would figured, feel that way. I figured that it went long because you were having fun and I didn't want to go, hey, I know you're having fun, but come feed your kid, please. Right. Well, yeah. especially when you had stuff to feed him. Yes. Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. We should probably, something we don't do before I leave, we should make a game plan of like, if I'm not home by <laughs> 830 or, yeah. or like, hey, can you shoot me a text if you're not going to be? Yes. If it's after eight o'clock and he's starting to get pissed. And you're not on your way home. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I could probably just be like, hey, I'm going to feed him unless you're going to be back in the next 10. Are we good? But mainly I was just like, I'm just going to leave her alone. She seems like she's having fun. I did. I had a great time. One of my good friends uh, from, actually it's post-college. We met post-college. She's four years younger than me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But she modeled for a boutique that I worked at. But she was in the same sorority as me. So we had... That connection. Like friends that were active, that were younger than me, were friends of hers that were older than her. Yeah. Does mutual, that make sense? Yeah. Mutual friends. Uh, long story short, she made me dinner last night and she's a fantastic cook and we had so much fun. Yeah. But that was enjoyable. I don't, I, I really, we've been really intentional about me trying to get some time with friends yeah. that isn't work related. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Yeah. You love work though. I love work. You love work so much. I'm so excited about my trip next week. Like if your friends want to go talk work, you would just go talk. And work I ended for... up doing that last yeah, night. Yeah, you did. I, yeah. Because uh... people are interested in your work. So. Oh, and here we are working. All right. I've delayed it long enough. Let's. Are you ready? Let's rock and roll. I don't, I feel like we should have gone through these kind of before and made a an outline game plan because there's a lot of overlap and yeah well not it yes there's a lot of overlap but i feel like if we're going to do a two-part episode it would have been good to like have a direction okay yeah i think we'll just get where we get and then uh hopefully maybe the next one will be structured we could do that yeah structure what we don't we don't get to (laughs) okay And you guys can also, I think that it's good for us to do this in two parts because when you listen to this, we'd love to hear your feedback Mm -hmm. uh, just on what, what are your thoughts? What are things you'd like more details on? What are things, et cetera, et cetera. Also just totally not related at all, but Uh you told me how many reviews we have and uh, thank you guys for reviewing the podcast. Oh yeah. I checked the podcast on Spotify the other day and we had like 350 reviews. Yeah. Like absolutely keep reviewing it, but that's amazing. Yeah. Thank you for doing that. Uh, if you're on Apple podcasts, like leaving us a review, uh, or Spotify or Spotify, either one, I feel like that's really helpful, especially so that people can get some feedback on what the podcast is all about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know with when I started middle ground, my first podcast, we were so intentional at the beginning of asking people to review it. And like we asked people on Instagram to go review it and it was very part of our system. And I feel like I just have stopped prioritizing that. And I need, yeah, yeah. yeah, Like I'm not putting up any clips, like all of our clips from the beginning when we We started oversharing, they did really well. Uh I just need to be sharing them. Yeah. And I don't know. I get, 
almost embarrassed. I think it's more that you don't want to upset people because good clips are going to be not necessarily polarizing, but they should be engaging. Mm -hmm. And often that can bring in both sides of an argument. And you're tired of people arguing. Well, and I had a few clips that went pretty viral from this podcast when we first started. Mm -hmm. And it would be things you said and people got so mad at me. That was wild. And I think part of it was I was pregnant. Yeah. And nobody knew I was like pregnant and I didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And so I think that there was just a lot of factors going on. Makes sense. But I just could not handle people being mad at me for things you said so we stopped promoting our podcast yeah which is not good anyway all right let's all right get sex started. and intimacy i'm scared no, I'm I'm, scared. i don't know why i'm scared but you're probably just scared for me i feel I, like you're not scared at all for yourself I, I, I mean i'll answer any i feel like you i think what we should do is yeah. i should hand you the phone oh and let you control the questions i like you controlling questions oh, you do yeah i'm gonna start with an opinion all right opinion how do you feel about sex scheduling like actually putting it on the calendar. This is not something Matt and I do. We have not done it, but it totally makes sense to me. It does. Yeah. No, I would be in on that for sure. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. Makes no sense to me. Really? I, I'm not against it. I'm not, uh, but I think when you have two people with busy schedules and you want to make it a priority, that is the easiest way to actually make it happen. And I think that can build anticipation. I think that's totally like it should be promoted. And I think a lot of people like do promote it and say that, hey, if you want to have more sex, schedule more sex. Fascinating. Yeah. I've, I'm wait, a schedule guy, but not really. I don't keep my own. But That's I, what I was about to I've, say. I need a schedule, but I don't keep one. Well, that's kind of where I was going to go. It surprises me to hear you say, yes, that makes sense to me. And yes, I would participate. We should try it. We definitely could. I. Uh, it makes. It's not that it doesn't make sense to me. It's just... To me, I don't think of sex as a chore. And to sure. me, that makes it feel like, um, I think I if you would have brought that up to me, I think I would have been sensitive about it. I can see that. Again, it's all about the framing. You're framing it as like, we're scheduling it because it's a chore and we have to do it. I think it's much more for people that want to do it, but aren't communicating schedule wise or aren't on the same page and so if you have it coming up and you know it's happening you can be ready for it you can mentally like engage that way i think that's what it's all about interesting yeah i think my brain does not operate like most people's when it comes to will you sum me up (laughs) you want me to sum you up yeah because uh, i don't know how to well i don't think i see myself clearly when it comes to talking about sex if that makes any sense like I don't feel like I see myself clearly because I I feel like even from my teen years in my early 20s I didn't relate to my friends and the conversations they were having that makes sense because you have and so part of a lot of people really admire how comfortable you are with your body and I think this ties very much into that same conversation of you have not had sex stigmatized for you in the same way maybe like with your peers but not um like structurally in your home or through my belief system internally like with your belief system yes so i think it's very similar to the way you feel about your body and so swimming was really good for you and that like you saw other people's bodies all the time and so you got very comfortable with bodies very comfortable with 
just like our natural, how we are. And that gave you a very, I think, um, I, I'm struggling with the word for it, but pragmatic view on both sex and bodies. And so you're very much like, Hey, I want to have sex. I enjoy sex. And for you, it's, um, it's not even, it's so loaded for a lot of people, but for you, it's like stress relief. Like it's purely, almost purely physical. A lot of people, it's so tied into emotions. And for you, it, it's just stress relief. Like it makes you feel good. It makes you clearer. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that made any sense. Made more sense than how I was going to explain yeah. it. But I so like many when... people, so many people, and again, myself included, um, emotions are so much more tied into it and how comfortable we feel in our bodies and how comfortable we feel in our relationship and how comfortable we feel just with shit going on in our lives. And for you, you're like, no, it feels good. I want to do it. <laughs> like it's going to make me well, it, it, happier when it's done. It doesn't have like for me. It's, it's not loaded. No. Yeah. It's not loaded. What do you think the difference is there? Like what, why is it so loaded for so many people? Do you think that's cultural or do you think that that is like a... I think it's cultural no and idea. religious and societal okay. um, because it is... So you don't think it's human nature for it to be so loaded? No, because if you look at like ancient cultures, it was much more like out in the open. We were doing like naked people fucking on pots and like <laughs> it was just people... Yeah, sexuality was... The spectrum of it was very much more accepted, but there's a lot of beliefs that um, have really shaped the way people think about it. And I'm not an expert by any means on any of the history or any like that. So don't Matt's is purely based on pottery from. The... <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. It's just, um, no, I think it is. It's very much been shaped by, I mean, Christianity is a, a major player in it and their feelings on well, every I don't think aspect of it and child rearing, at and, least in America, Christianity. Yes. Well, I mean, globally Christianity, I mean, think that's Catholicism true. and, um, that's a very global religion and, you know, has a lot more influence in like South America and stuff. So, uh, yeah. And it's very, very old thousands of years. So I, it has been the, the taboo nature of it, especially in the United States because of religion and where, especially where we live. I feel like I've said, especially like a thousand times. (laughs) Sorry about that guys. Um, where we live, it's definitely stigmatized and abstinence is the form of sex education that they have here and it's not normalized. And unless you normalize it within your own family, um, and I, there's no reason for people to have it normalized. Well, and it's so complicated because I think it is very normalized for men to seek pleasure from sex, but it's not normalized for women too. There's still all kind like that's a it's very the same loaded conversation statement. though with emotions and uh, right. regulation it's like men should feel this way about sex they should feel uh they just want it all the time and they don't give a shit about how it happens or the connection of it or how it all plays together it's just like go 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 and women should be holding it back and thinking about it and really be like men are the gas and women are the brakes and that is just very normalized. Mm-hmm. And that's not how it works. It's it's much more individual relationship, individual needs, wants. Mm-hmm. I think we should just let Man, you talk the whole time. We are killing it. <laughs> killing it. I had a drink or two before the podcast, so it's really working. <laughs> 
okay. Somebody asked, how do you handle sex and intimacy when one partner's wanting more or less? That's been our whole, our whole career. I feel like. Yeah. There's maybe been a pay, like there's been seasons where we're both high but for the most part, someone's been high and someone's been low. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that's probably pretty normal. Yes. It's like everything else in life. Like how often are you perfectly aligning with yeah. others? The thing is, and we're a little bit reversed in that oftentimes you are the one with the high drive. Uh-huh. And I'm the one on the lower side of the drive. Not that there's none, but it's much more stigmatized for you. And you're very like... And I feel like saying low is almost unfair. Sure. Because here's the thing, when I talk to friends about their sex lives um, in trusted like conversations, it's so different. And it's mm-hmm. like the frequency is just so different. Yeah. And I don't think it's meant to be compared. It's not. It's really not. And so... Um, if you're not aligning, I think that that's that... I think there are a couple different ways to approach it because you need to figure out, are you not aligning as a whole? Are you not aligning because of the season? Are you not aligning because there is an emotional discrepancy or communication discrepancy? In the yeah. Are you lacking something? Is, is the person who is not wanting to have it as much lacking something from the relationship? Because so often I think it's emotionally loaded in that they don't feel the connection outside of sex. Yeah. And often that's a that's more of a female well, and I, experience. I think or it's stress. A lot of it is stress. Right. Well, that's what I was going to say is I feel like you and I at the beginning of our marriage, really when we moved in together before we were married, sure. there was a conversation along the lines of like, if you imagine your perfect stress-free life, how often are we intimate with one another in a physical? Like, how often are we having sex? And we had a conversation about that and it's not that that's the goal. It's, it's not that that's Mm -hmm. what we were shooting for, but we found we really weren't that off in terms of our personal ideal. Uh, No, we were within the same window of like, okay, yes. If everything's ideal, if I'm feeling how I need to feel, if you're feeling how you need to feel, this is how often, like often. Right. I think for most people, it would, if you're in a comfortable relationship everything's going well it's probably more often than not right and so i think that really helped us have like a a base and i think it also allows us to check in with one another because if we're not connecting that frequently mm-hmm. that tells me that something's wrong not necessarily with our relationship or and with that's, us that's the hard part to separate so much is it is such a intimate relationship and an intimate act that it's hard to understand that there are things outside of your relationship that can really impact that. Right. Because you're like, no, it's me and you. If more, if this isn't happening, it's a problem with me and you. And sometimes it's like, I just can't mentally let go of things going on in my life outside of this. Right. And I'm not feeling it. But for you, it's stress relief. So you're like, if shit's going on, you're like, the more uh, stressed nope, I get, I'm, the I'm in. More, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's where she's a little off <laughs> from <laughs> many people. Not uh, again, off sounds so bad, but yeah, I uh, it's interesting. It really is. Yeah. I think this is a really good question. 
how to talk about sex with friends while being respectful of your partner's privacy. Mm. I never talk about sex. Yeah. You've always been like that. I've never, ever been. Like you've like, always thought it was it. very odd. Not odd. You not never odd. like shamed me for talking to my Mm-mm. friends or anything like no, that. No, I'm totally okay with someone else talking about it. Yeah. I've never felt comfortable sharing anything in that realm. And that's just, I think some of it's my neurodiverse aspect. Some of it is the way that I grew up. Not even pressure that I got directly from like my parents or teaching. Just it wasn't talked about. And I understood in the religious capacity of like good, bad. And so I just was like, no, I'm, I'm just not going to go there. And if I don't go there, it's not going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. And so I'm way out of my depth on this question. Why do you think that? Because I, I, again, it's not conversations that I have. Well, but I think it, I think where you would have really good input is like, I openly talk to my friends about my sex life. Mm -hmm. So what ways can I prioritize you and be respectful for you while I'm having those conversations? The thing is, it doesn't bother me about you talking about it. Because you trust that I'm being... Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I guess a lot of it is trust in that your partner would not do something overtly to hurt or embarrass you. Yeah. But again, a lot of it is... Are there things you feel hurt and embarrassed about? And if there are, you need to communicate that. Um, and I say that and I don't know if that's even the case, but. I think that I kind of have ground rules of I'm not going to share anything that my partner would perceive as embarrassing or shameful. Yeah. Uh, you know, that that isn't a one size fits all answer because what people struggle with varies from person to person, but it's your job to know your partner well enough on what you shouldn't be disclosing to others. Like what is your trusted things that are intimate between the two of you, uh, with, with my friends that I choose to discuss this with. And I think that depends on how much you trust your friends. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. I only discuss my sex life with friends that I really, that's probably actually not true. I only, (laughs) (laughs) I think you only get detailed. You only really get into it. Yes. I would only discuss details that would include anything private about you other than like the frequency that we might like be having sex or things like that. Like that I would share pretty openly. Again, a lot more pros than cons. I think you would share in a more mixed company. Yes. But if you're talking cons, issues, a lot more of that, it's it's more about how trusted is your circle. Yes. And it's usually going to be with my very, very best friend. Uh, her and I, she's probably the only person that I, which is funny. True. Because she is not like me. We are not you like her. We could not be more different. And she's who I think about a lot when having this conversation on the podcast because she is somebody who I perceive as being very comfortable with where she is intersexuality mm-hmm. and who she is and it is complete opposite of me <laughs> yeah and her marriage is great and their relationship is great and i want to ensure that nobody listening is hearing how i am and feeling pressured that you should be like that or hearing how mad is and feeling a pressure that it should be like that yeah. i don't know that it, it scares me that's the only part of this conversation yeah, it is very loaded and that you don't want to push people to a direction yeah it, it very much needs to come from within you yeah. Yeah. We're and I that. think that's, a, I think that's an okay conversation to have is like, Hey, if this is a topic, are there things you don't want me to share? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that's this really difficult conversation to have. If, if they say, Hey, I don't want you to share anything about it. Hopefully you can respect that. Or you have a circle of friends that you really, well, really trust. And I think that if somebody says that though, we need to have a conversation about why that is. Yeah. 
Yeah. What are you, what are your concerns? Because I, that's always a red flag to me. That makes sense. Like if somebody's like, no, you can't discuss anything about this with anybody. That's a red flag to me. Because it should be, yeah. Because it's, it's it part, is a of, part of the normal human experience. Right. When we dig deep down on it. Yes. And there, I think it is absolutely normal and okay to have reservations. I think it's okay for it to make you, you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. Again, I think that's cultural. But you know what I mean? I yeah. Like I, I don't want anybody telling me, like if I'm in a situation, sex, life, money, whatever it is, and the person's like, you can't tell anybody about any detail about this. Yeah, I think the goal is to have a, a really good understanding of where your boundaries are. Right. In all topics, not just sex. Yeah, I agree. It's it's the longer you have a relationship and the stronger that relationship goes, hopefully you have a really good understanding of this is too far, this is okay, these are the gray areas that I might need to flesh out. Right. Okay, throwing it back a little bit, somebody asked, were y'all each other's first? And if so, how did you handle that when y'all broke up? I don't understand the breakup part of it, I guess. Uh, just emotionally. You were not my first. No. So, um, I, I don't have feedback first on that part. what? <laughs> like, sex. Like, I don't believe in the term virginity. That's yeah. a hot take of mine. We're not teaching our kids. the. Co- we will teach them the concept of virginity in terms of so they understand yes. the language of it. Yeah. But... I don't believe in the concept of virginity. I think that as a virtue, as a virtue. Yeah. Uh, well, it's just, it's not even, it's not. Yes. Yeah. It's your not, first it's time not having you sex have or don't is have. no more relevant than the last time. That it you, doesn't change like, you as a person. No, it has absolutely no value. Yeah. It has no moral value. And I refuse to <laughs> teach my children or anybody okay that I'm that. around that it has value. Mm-hmm. period i think that is one of the most toxic things i have ever heard because people talk about how hard like how young women when they are with their first like how much pressure is put on that that i think is half our issues yeah yeah it's very men much. too but with women it's especially like your virginity. I think for men, it's almost like get it out of the way. Yeah. With women, it's like you, that's your value. Yeah. Like once you lose this, you're nothing. Nothing. Yeah. And if that's what you're being told, fuck that. Yeah. Because you're a person outside of your virginity. Yeah. <laughs> Just as as fact. Um, if that's your value, the fuck whoever's giving you values. Yeah. No, I think they're asking like who did you have sex with first? Not who, like you have to, but <laughs> <laughs> well, me. So, sure. Uh, but I, you were not my first. Um, and I, so I guess it didn't really concern me when we broke up. Sure. Now, let me tell you the reason I'm not <laughs> teaching my kids, the concept of virginity as a virtue, uh, is because when I did break up with the boyfriend that I lost my virginity to, like, yeah. I I didn't like I was not a kid that did that broke rules. Not even that that was like presented as a rule to me, but culturally, Again, culturally it's, it's understood though. Yeah. Very much where we live it is understood that this is the way it should be. Right. And so I like I thought my world was ending. It had nothing to do with the person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, I mean the person it, was fine. He was like fine. It's because they assign the value to you. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not so, great. So uh but did that have any impact like on you when we broke up 
No, we were together a long time. Yeah. Like, and we had broken up in between. Like, you weren't my first sexual encounter in any way. Right. But, like, the first, we're talking full. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why I was like, what are we calling first? Yeah. First what? But, yes. Yeah. You were mine. But, I don't. again, I don't know. I'm a man, so I don't know that it's tied the same way. I don't think so. Well, like, culturally, it's just not like, who was your first? Like, what, you know, are you a virgin? Are you a virgin is more of a problem as a man. But I feel like is. that's not a question you ask men as frequently. Not unless you're trying to embarrass them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, it's more of a pro if you're a woman and con if you're a man. Yeah. How interesting. Live. Yeah, it's fucked. Okay. Uh, someone said they just moved in with their partner. How do you deal with how your sex life changes when you move in together? Ooh, good question. Good question. Um, (laughs) how do you deal with it? We didn't deal with it. Great. This is a funny season for me. Moving in together is hard. It was hard for me as someone who needed space (laughs) and living with someone who worked by herself and didn't want space at all. Wanted to be attached to me when I got home. Um, well, I think let's start by saying we were long distance. We were long distance for a while. And I think that was the hardest part of our experience because you we know went from funny, being, though? you were what? talking schedules though. When we were long distance, that almost puts it on a schedule. Yeah. That's of what like I was when we're say. together, go when we're apart off. Right. So we had a schedule. I know, but it, it's not like scheduling. It no, not like nine thirty. Because the thing about long distance is there was that anticipation and everything. Sure. But there was a true, like, we we can't be intimate with one another physically when we're apart. Yeah. And so it built anticipation that you can't recreate in any capacity <laughs> when living together. Yeah. You can't recreate that. No, even if you, like, live nearby or spend a lot of time, like, there is a an aspect of, I'm here. We're going to make hay when the sun shines kind of deal. And I I think that that was the hardest part for us is going from long distance. We only saw one another every other weekend, sometimes once a month. Mm -hmm. And so obviously when we were together, we were having sex. And then when we moved in together, it was like, oh. You're here all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to have sex all the time. Yeah. And so how did we, I I don't know how we navigated that. Not well. No, but I mean, we didn't navigate a lot of things. When we say we, it was it was a lack of communication from me on boundaries. Uh, yeah, but not only that, like, I don't think we did a good job. Com- well, I mean, you weren't doing a great job answering Yeah, I didn't me. tell you anything was happening. Well, and I would directly ask you questions and you would be like, no, it's totally good. I'm great. Yeah. yeah. I've never been better. Uh, <laughs> I'm dying inside. <laughs> uh, but that that was really... It's funny because knowing what I know now, I think I would notice a lot more of your tendencies to pull away in a way that I didn't know then. Yeah, if we'd been together five more years. Right. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that funny we, how you just figure each other out? You probably out. would have figured it out more. But I think making sure that you're having really honest conversations with one another. If this podcast can be summed up in one thing, it's communication. If we you have a question and that. the answer is communication, it's, it's probably communication. And like we're not perfect communicators by any means. We do a lot of our communication on this podcast, I feel like, just because we have to have to talk it out. 
when I say we, it's me. It's, it's always me. I, I use the general we for me. That's okay. But, it doesn't um, hurt my feelings. No. I'm a part of our the more you can communi- The more you can communicate, the better. I'm just more comfortable communicating in a public forum that's broadcast on the internet. <laughs> that's just how I do it. Okay. Somebody asked, how does Matt manage having the lower libido in the relationship? Does that feel compromising? <laughs> Why how do you- I manage it? Interesting. I, I think the key to this is I don't think that you have a low libido. Not, yeah, not on a global scale. No. Like if we were on the spectrum, it'd be middle-ish. I'd, middle, I'd say yeah. pretty normal. Yeah. yeah, relatively normal. I think honestly maybe pretty, almost above normal, I would say. Yeah. Not for how we speak about men. No. I think that's the... Because men are expected to have this like always on i don't think i've ever and when you get into a relationship i don't think that's how it is but there is this expectation of like men are dogs and like just want to go yeah and there is this i again that has an idea to it that is like yeah that sounds great but then you get in a relationship and you get into a life and you have things outside of sex that you have to deal with and think about and work on and that's where it starts to be like, yeah, no, that's not the top priority for me right now. Mm-hmm. And it's been a beautiful thing for me being able to talk to friends because this is so often the opposite in so many of my friends' relationships. Mm-hmm. And I listen to my friends talk about how their husbands um, approach their sex lives and the things that they don't like. And I realize <laughs> that I do a lot of those things. Uh, and I, I don't think of it as, I, like, I don't think of it as being the man because I think that it's a lot more common than I think. And I've met a lot of women that are yeah. in my shoes in relationships. Uh, and I, I think it's about looking outward through the rest of our relationship and looking at where you're feeling abundant stress, um, or, a a lot of things and being able to step in and help you in ways that I can really help our overall mm-hmm. health sure. of our relationship. For sure. It's much more about going, Hey, you're not into it right now. Is there something I can help you with? Because I think a lot of times with women, the relationship, the the men are feeling like they're not getting enough, but it's because the other person is like, I got shit to do. That's not this. And I don't want to deal with you. I need to deal with everything else. And I think the reason I, and if you can balance that load, you can, you can talk more about like, here's what I'm comfortable with. Here's here's my availability. What's your availability? Mm -hmm. And that's conversations we've had. You're like, Hey, I'm like on Mm -hmm. most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so that's where I fall. Where do you fall? I want you to know what I'm, I'm experiencing. Mm -hmm. And we've had to really navigate. It's okay to say no to me. It's okay, but it will make you feel a certain way. It's how you go about saying no to me. Yeah. Because there's a difference between allowing yourself to be emotionally vulnerable and to say, like, I'm not in that headspace right now Mm -hmm. and treating me in a way that makes me feel rejected and neglected. Yeah. That's true. I suppose there's no and there's, like, no, here's why. Right. And then you can talk about why and that can bring you closer. Like that may make things go that direction if you can work through that process. But that's also not or the goal. Or it may just be like, hey, I, I'm not going to be there. 
can I support you in a different way? Right. Yeah. Because a lot of times you're looking for intimacy when you need support. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just um, physically, but you're like, hey, this is, I want to feel connection. Yeah. And so that's that's part of how you use sex. Yep. I agree. We have a lot of questions about pregnancy and then post baby. So Okay. I don't even know what like there it really ranges, but all's kind of the same um sentiment of what was sex life while like what was sex life like while pregnant? Okay. To me, it was really not that different. Again, we're talking about her always being on, and then you throw pregnancy hormones in there, <laughs> and it was like she just got aggressive about it. That I was did not 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 aggressive in a bad way. Just like you were very like, yeah. I was like, this has got to be a priority. Like this is this is gonna happen yeah. at some point. Like I don't know where you're at, but I want you to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe Again, I was wrong. Not, I think maybe negative. this episode is embarrassing more for me than for you. I don't know. I don't know that it is. Uh, yeah, I, I think that hormone shift was rocked my ever-loving world. Yeah. And I also didn't want to be... This This is more, I think, the intimacy side. Because I, I don't think of... And this is a question that's in here as well. I don't think of sex and intimacy. They're not one and the same. Mm-hmm. And so I think that not only sex becoming more important to me or more prioritized to me when I was pregnant, I think intimacy and being sure that we were connecting on an emotional level, a conversational level, um, a physical touch level that's not necessarily sexual in Mm -hmm. any regard became a lot more important to me when I was pregnant because being away from you was physically painful to me. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I'm not a physical touch person. No. And so it's not the first place I go love language wise or communication wise is physical touch. Your love languages are disappearing. No. Being uh, alone. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh quality time and quality time is so tricky because what quality time is I think varies person to person. Um Matt has very specific you have to check all these boxes for it to qualify. Kind of, kind of. He doesn't actually have a list. No, but maybe you should. Like it is or it isn't. And if it isn't, it doesn't count at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of quality time people are like that. They're like, no, it's not quality time for me. So that was just wasted time. Yeah. Um quality time. I think gifts are on there, but not so much. Um I think you like to give gifts. Yeah, it's more about giving gifts um, because I'm not a great communicator in other aspects, I think. I'm I'm good at understanding what people need and what's practical for people. And so I think great gifts are practical things that people wouldn't buy themselves. And that often makes a really good gift of being like, you would use this. This is the nicest version of it that you wouldn't splurge on. That's almost always my gift giving advice, by the way, is find something that they use a lot and buy them the nicest version of it that they feel it's stupid to spend that money on, but they're going to love. Like $50 tweezers. Yeah, buy them the best, twi- like the best nail clippers. If they're like, <laughs> I like clipping my nails, na- like my nails are important to me, but these really fancy nail clippers that people swear by, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to buy the cheap nail clippers. Buy them the nice nail clippers. Yeah. Yeah, buy them the nice shaver, whatever it is. But I think connecting in those ways 
became really important. It's important always, but mm-hmm. when I was pregnant, it mm-hmm. was really important. And I'm any of the love languages, by the way. You'll take anything you can get. Yeah. I'm like, That's always love me. Been. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll take love. You can love me. I'll figure out how to take it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I give in quality time and acts of service. Yeah. Probably more than anything, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I think acts of service almost make me uncomfortable. Oh, absolutely. Because of like how my neuro makeup is. Tell me a love language that doesn't make you uncomfortable. None of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's... that's Quality time, but we can't talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Oh, that's funny. Uh, Okay. How do you do... Oh, wait. Pregnancy. Sorry. Postpartum. I have a question already lined up for next. My brain can't keep this straight. So then there was giving birth and then after and somebody asked... Thoughts on navigating sex postpartum and no longer feeling sexy. Yeah. Uh, Again, this is where we have a very different than typical experience, I believe, because your, your feelings about your body are so much less loaded than a lot of women. I felt nothing but infinitely powerful after I gave birth. You felt like a rock star, which does not lower your libido if you're curious <laughs> like you were physically restrained by medical recommendations and i but I, you were not like i can't do it you're like i can't do it because the doctor said it's not a good idea well and something i really struggle with now postpartum is i see so many women and so many conversations uh online about new moms like people in comment sections saying the only reason women would be having sex in the six weeks after they give birth is because their husband's pressuring them. I see a lot of rhetoric around that and I see a lot of conversation in comment sections talking about and I think the goal of those is to make women feel like they shouldn't feel pressure to be intimate with their partner. Which they shouldn't. Exactly. 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 (laughs) I 100% agree but I have found myself feeling almost defensive of you and a little embarrassed of and maybe shameful of myself and how I am. Yeah. Uh, because my postpartum experience just doesn't seem to align with a lot of other people's. Mm -hmm. Uh, I didn't have any tearing with either of my children. Uh, and I, my recovery was very straightforward. Yeah. I, I hate to say easy because I understand that that is not most women's experience and I'm not, I don't know. I think it's so easy when something comes a little easier to you or a lot easier to you yeah. to come across like. When we say the word privileged, her postpartum experience physically, no, emotionally you have a lot going on hormonally and everything. <laughs> we all so do. That's very normal, but physically pretty privileged Yeah. in terms of how your postpartum process has gone. Like Again, I'm, no tearing, Physically feeling very normal within a couple weeks, within a week, really. Mm-hmm. By my six week appointment, I'm like, <laughs> you're like, hey, I'm gonna do cartwheels. Uh, is that cool? Yeah, I'm like, can you just tell me I'm all good so I can get back to the gym and get back mm-hmm. to the and like doing mm-hmm. the things that I I haven't been to the gym. I don't know what I'm talking about. You're like, can I take a bath? Yeah. You're just, like, when can I get a bath? And is it sooner than you tell me can? Because I think it is, and I'm gonna take one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, all that to say, I, I think navigating sex postpartum, if you no longer are feeling sexy in that connection to your body, I think 
having really, it's going back to communication again, having a really honest conversation with your partner about how you're feeling yeah, uh, and giving them the opportunity to hopefully speak kindness to you and talk to you about how powerful, powerful you are, how wonderful you are. And, and I think even prompting that, yeah, being like, Hey, I need you to reinforce these things about what I've gone through and where my body is at. If you can play up this side of things and not make me feel that the appearance side of things is all that is valued. And also I think it's really important for your partner to respect the space and time that you need. Yeah. Again, if you're a guy in this season, like you aren't the gas or the brakes, you're just there. (laughs) You're there for whatever's on the table. Again, what's on the table for us, very different than a lot of people, but you're just there. You got to go. You're gauging the situation 100% on them because it's an insane time in life. 100%. Yeah. And I I think that's a season where it's really good to start working on those affirmations yeah. and really being conscious of how you speak to yourself when you look in the mirror. Uh, something that somebody taught me, I don't remember, it was somebody in your family or your friend that was telling us that they do this, but uh, it, oh, it was oh, Matt's yeah. aunt was telling us that she was taught when she was young that every time she passed the mirror, that every day at some point, we're typically naked in a bathroom by ourselves. Yeah, you you're know? near and you're near a mirror naked. Yes. You're going to take a shower, you're going to do whatever. Whatever. And every time you look at yourself in the mirror naked, consciously making the choice to say something positive about your body. Find something you like. Yeah, find something you like, no matter what it is, you know. Um I'm proud of how my legs hold me up. I'm, I, I like my hair. Yeah. I like what, whatever it may be saying something positive about yourself every single time. I think that's such a good practice. And I think working on your view of yourself and giving yourself lots of time. Yep. Yeah. And I, I think it's probably a really good season to talk communication of needs and wants and going, Hey, this is where I'm at. I know that may not relate to where we are physically or restriction wise, but this is my experience. I was terrified (laughs) of sex postpartum because people built it up so much. Oh yeah. And I, I know some women have not great experiences. It's just like birth, you know, Mm -hmm. like you hear everything, but I was horrified. Like it's not going to feel the same. It's not going to, like be good it's going to be painful it's going to be uncomfortable like absolutely horrified it wasn't that different for me yeah i I did not and so i I think so much that's framing though i think it's because the stories were told and so it puts you in a mindset that you are expecting things one way or the other well you know the other thing i think a lot of women aren't given uh, the opportunity to warm up into sex. Like there is foreplay is not prioritized enough. Yeah. Period. Sure. Like if sex is uncomfortable for you or painful for you, there is not enough lead up happening for you. Yeah. And that's an individual experience. The majority of the time. Yeah. Not that there There are are exceptions, but everything. I, I don't know. Take everything we say with a grain of salt because there are people that it's an exception for sure. 
Okay, last one that I'll do about parenting, because I want people who aren't parents to listen to this and not feel like we're just going into pregnancy and postpartum. But Uh, somebody asked uh, how often before we had babies versus after, like, is there a huge difference? Again, I think time frame is relative. Uh, If you're talking like the six weeks after, yeah, it's it's different because (laughs) obviously required to be different. I don't know that it's changed that much for us. Do you think it has? No. No? Okay. I, I wanted to if... double check because I feel like you keep much better track of this. <laughs> <laughs> if anything, I think since having kids, uh, we have been better about prioritizing it. I think sure. we might be having more sex post-kids than we were pre-kids. Yeah, because you understand the window you have. Right. Not necessarily... You like, hey, this is an opportunity. Right. Let's take advantage of the opportunity or I would like to take advantage of the opportunity. Yes. It's kind um, of like when you are on vacation and you don't get anything done. You're like, <laughs> I had all the time in the world and I didn't do anything, yeah. you know, versus yeah. when you're on a strict to-do list and you have to get it done in this allotted time, you tend uh-huh. to like fly through things. I-, I think it's a little like that. Yeah. So I think that we're prioritizing it. We don't, again, we don't schedule it, no. but I think that it's more front of mind of like, it's oh, understood. We're, we're kid free in this moment. Yes. Like both kids are asleep or we have childcare or yeah. whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. For sure. Thoughts on being a senior in college and still a virgin. And there's another question in here that said, I'm a 28 year old woman and still a virgin. Is that weird? And I think I have the same answer for both of these. I don't have thoughts on that in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. That's one, your business. And two, it's not weird. <laughs> No, there, there is no weird. If you haven't met a person that you're interested in sharing that with, then good on you for not giving into societal pressures and not, uh, giving into pressures of people around you. And if it's a circumstance where you feel like you haven't been given the opportunity, uh, good on you for prioritizing yourself. Yeah. Understanding yourself in that capacity, I think is really important. I don't, I don't think it's weird. No, no, it shouldn't be weird. I, I understand that people will make it weird and they will make it a thing, but really I think it shows a, an understanding of yourself. And if it's not aligning with your understanding of yourself, uh, evaluate what that is. Evaluate what the disparity is between what you want and what you're experiencing. Somebody asked, have you ever gone through dry spells where frequency lessens and how did you navigate? getting through it definitely yeah we've definitely again our frequencies are almost never aligned Um, our our drives are never aligned. yeah 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 absolutely someone's high someone's low uh it's very rare that like that aligns one way or the other um how do you handle it again i think it's i think it's the party who wants more communicating availability it's the party who wants less communicating availability and if it's something that you both say, hey, that's important. I think that scheduling thing is really a, a tool that you can use and go, hey, I don't want it all the time, but if we can put it on the schedule so that I can be prepared mentally and know that it's on the table. Again, all this stuff you can back out, but um, if you want to make it a priority, you can make it a priority. Yeah, I agree. Somebody asked, how kinky would you rank your sex life? Zero to ten. Six really four i don't know what i was gonna say it two two sure yeah not especially like <laughs> right yeah not very uh relatively I vanilla 
I, I don't know, six think... is, I guess, generous, yeah. <laughs> I know, I was like, wow, okay, tell me more. <laughs> I... I feel like our, our availability is there. I think um, comfortability is there. I agree. So it's, but kinkiness, like a spe- when you say kinks, especially, yeah, not very. You know, but I, I think the thing about that is, I think we have a lifetime of. Yeah. And I suck at communicating. Sex and intimacy in front of us. And I, I think that you have. And I'd love to talk about this. Maybe we'll get onto it yeah. next week because we do have a couple of voicemails. I don't know if they're related to this, but I wanted to get to a couple of voicemails at the end of this. We really should outline next week. And yeah. Really so curate. maybe we'll hit a second, maybe even a third part on this if you guys are interested in hearing it. This but is what this podcast becomes. No. Oversharing. It's about sex. <laughs> but I think that you have a lot more religious trauma. Yeah, and it's funny because it wasn't something that was necessarily pushed on me. It was something I just absorbed. And I think situationally that impacts the way that we can talk about uh, variety in our sex life in some ways. Because I think that your comfortability it takes a lot longer. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Like I uh, and personality wise, I'm just someone who's like this is good enough for me. I'm not looking to maximize. Right. I think you're somebody who's looking to maximize. I'm looking personally. to maximize. You're always trying to like really, you're looking for peak performance. And I'm like, I'm good with like solid. Yeah. We're different that way. Yeah, we are. And so when you're good with solid, you're not exploring the boundaries. You're like, <laughs> solid's good for me. Yeah. Gets the job done. So we can kind of get into those things next week. Mm-hmm. I'll put up another box on Instagram. Hopefully there'll be some good clips that I can share that will lead into more yeah. conversations. And we'll try to be a little more structured, not so jumping all over the place. Yeah, you know, our style is winging it, if you haven't noticed. But um, we can we can try and be better. Yeah. All right. Uh, we're just going to hit some random voicemails before we say goodbye. Hi, my name is Quinn. I am from Boise, Idaho. Um, I just started my freshman year of college, and I have a boyfriend of um, just about three years. So I was going to see um, what – this is, might sound a little strange, but my boyfriend and I are waiting until marriage. Um, and we were – we talked a lot about what is acceptable and what we think – would make sense before marriage. And I know that's not an experience that you guys probably had, but I would love um, to hear your input. Thanks so much. That's a good question. Yeah. As somebody who didn't feel pressures to share or like to wait to share anything until marriage, Mm -hmm. I think the concept in and of itself is a little hard for me. Yeah. Uh, Like I was never really taught, you're waiting till marriage on things like my, my dad had kids when he married my mom. Yeah. Your, your family has messy yeah. relationships just <laughs> yeah. across the board. <laughs> yeah. You, you all play like pretty fast and loose. I came from a very nuclear family like, and a, a religious background. And so you come from a, like, I didn't come from a family. Shit happens, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. People, people, people be come and go. <laughs> like relationships are fluid and messy and they end and they start and they overlap what i'm just like anything can happen anything can happen my my family's like no this is the how it how you're making shaped. it sound like my family's way more complicated no, than it but was again i think it was very much okay 
Right. Yeah. Right. We we accept people where they are and we love them for where they are. Which and is lovely. We don't set expectations on there are not boundaries to being loved in our family. Uh, but I I think it's a discussion that you have. Like for me, I don't think like if I would have been waiting for marriage, I think there would have had to been strong boundaries because I would have been one thing leading there to another. Been physical restraints. No, yeah, like you'd have been wearing a chastity belt, <laughs> no, literally. Shut up. I think that it like people who are like we didn't kiss till we were married because we weren't. I'm like that makes sense to me. That makes sense. So okay, so you're saying like. <laughs> There's either none or everything. For me. You're like, I can't make a middle boundary. I don't think you I... You can't hold a middle boundary, I, I guess. don't think I it's could... Probably. I can make a middle boundary, sure. but I don't think I would hold a middle boundary well. I mean, I don't hold shit. And I also... I think I have a hard time understanding, because to me, if you are holding that boundary, to me, I think of it as I'm holding a boundary that I want to wait to seek pleasure with my spouse not premarital so i don't necessarily and again we're talking to somebody who does yeah, not maintain you're, you're those boundaries wrong i don't understand uh like participating in pleasure in some ways being okay but in other ways it not does that make sense like it's never made sense to me that it's just not okay to have penetrating sex like, yeah. like as a the, black and white thinker personally for you this is one where you're black and white you're like there's either a little or there's none. Yeah. And a little is not a different than a lot to you. Yeah. I've, I've always had a really hard time understanding that. I'm not going to lie. I don't totally that. understand it either. Um, like what is God okay with and what is God not okay with? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that. Uh, what's in this, again, the spirit of law. I think the spirit of law is none. And I think the letter of the law is vague and very old. <laughs> so um, if you want to abide by the letter of law, that's fine. And uh, again, it's your relationship. It's what you're comfortable with. You're talking to people who did not abide by yeah. any kind of um, rule or regulation. But it's going to have to be a an interpretation that you provide. You know what question I know we're going to get that we should answer before? You just uh, want to get ahead of it? We had other voicemails, and I don't know, um, but everything was so unrelated to what we're talking about. Yeah, we had some that were like out there. That we're going to hit them later because it'll feel so out of left field. But I, did you check emails? Uh, I was looking at him. Okay. Before you do that, the thing that I wanted to say is people are going to ask if um, you had sex with other people. I don't know if you're comfortable sharing outside that our, on the podcast. But yeah, outside. We because, because we did say that I was your first. So now people, and we ended up together. So now people are going to wonder. Yeah. There were I'm people saying? in between. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't, there were some breakups and there were some people in between. Yeah. Not a lot of significant relationships, but there were relationships. So, th- does that answer it? <laughs> yeah. No, I just... Okay. Don't you feel like we'll probably get that question? Probably. Probably. Um, and that is... I think that speaks more to our comfortability with our time apart and understanding it was time apart. It was not like, oh, I'm we're not, on hold. I'm not jealous. Yeah. I'm not... Uh, again, that I is, wish Matt was jealous. You really do. <laughs> no, I but don't. It's, I, you're it's very so healthy. much more a function of uh, how comfortable are you in the relationship now? Yeah. And I think a lot of jealousy boils down to, do you feel secure where you are now? And if you do, I don't, I don't know a good reason to feel jealous. 
if you feel safe where you're at, why does it matter where you've been? I feel been? abundantly safe. Yes, I, I do too. I'm always I feel, like, tell me everything. Yeah. Again, <laughs> I feel secure in our relationship with each other. And so the past and the future are less relevant to me. Like we're good where we are. Right. And it's okay for us to talk about the past. And if you're not, that's also okay. But it's yes. something to work towards. For sure. Something to go, hey, I have feelings about this. I have issues surrounding intimacy. I have like issues surrounding trust. Because ideally, you're in a relationship where you trust that person. And they will have lapses in trust on items. But you trust that they have your best interest. And that's where we're at, I feel. Uh, we trust that the other person has our best interest at heart and that they wouldn't be doing something to overtly hurt us. And if you can't do that, that's something to work towards. For sure. So. Emails? Emails. emails? Uh, I don't know if they were on topic. Again, we got several emails. Somebody was talking to us about the African bowl. Oh. About, you know, where they... they, uh, About last week's... Yeah, episode. yeah, where let's they had the person and, Let's out. go ahead and read that. You want to hit that one? Like, well, okay. See if there's anything about what we're talking about, and then we can end on the bull. Not really. Okay. Let's Not end, really. on, let's end um, on the bull. Yeah, I think, I think everything is. Let's see. For people who Sorry, really Becca. want this episode, I, I get not wanting to leave a voicemail, but email us. Yeah, shoot us an email. An email will, can be anonymous. We will read it and answer it. There's some ADHD questions. There's a lot of good questions in here, but. Okay. Well, we're going to get back to normal topics. Yeah. Eventually. I guess we won't have to record until after this episode comes out. So if you're listening to this on Wednesday when it comes out and you want an additional episode, Mm -hmm. shoot me a DM. Let me know. Because if we don't get a lot of feedback that you guys want an additional episode where we go into further detail based on your questions, uh, we, we won't do that. Yeah. We'll go back to our normal stuff. Okay, tell us about the African Yeah, you just, African you got a, you got a lot of feedback on the uh your your story stuff. I got so. a lot of feedback, which honestly tells me that I should probably put up clicks promoting because it may not even be people who are listening to the podcast. Probably, probably not. So, hello. I wasn't expecting an article from Nebraska to be read this week. Well, guess what? You're at go the right big podcast. Red. You're in the right not podcast really. to hear articles from Nebraska. I feel like your dad sends like five articles a week on My Nebraska. dad's from South Sioux. Yeah. My sisters live in Omaha. Yeah. Side note. So. Mom's from Iowa. Dad's from across the river in Nebraska. My family's from up north, so it's it's home territory for us. Yep. I am from central Nebraska, and the person who owns the bull is one of my family friend's relatives. <laughs> it's actually their pet, so they treat him like a pet and bring him to different county fairs. He has reinforced his vehicle so that he can ride like any other house pet, as crazy as that sounds. I've seen pictures of it. It looks crazy. It does. But, I mean... Hey, who are we to judge? I've been meaning to submit a question. How do you get yard work done on your large property with two small children? We don't. (laughs) We have a sizable property ourselves and have a few month old baby. I enjoy participating in the fall cleanup with my husband. So I'm just looking for any tips. Okay. Actually, that's not true. Wear the baby. You can wear the baby for some things. Um, As they get older, they like to help, but they need breaks. And so I've done the front beds with G Mm -hmm. and she comes out and helps me for 10 minutes and goes, it's hot and then goes back inside. So you're going to have to take more breaks when they're little, little, you either wear them or it's not 
gonna happen yeah and it depends on the time of year because when you just said it's hot like in the spring and fall g will stay out there with us for hours she'll just be outside yeah she'll play with dirt piles and she'll do a lot of things dig around and mulch it might be constructive it might be destructive but if you're okay with letting them explore their boundaries and you have room for them to be safe and to be comfortable and you're comfortable you can just kind of be around each other. And she loves to pick up sticks. Yeah. They like to be helpful at this age, I think, generally. Like, they like to participate. Whatever they, you're they doing. They want to be with you. Yes. Because you're their everything. Right. And so as they get older, they're going to be like, oh, cool, mom's doing this. I want to do this. I think around 18 months is when G started really being down to pick up sticks with us. Yeah. And if you make it a game and you do all the things and it's not a chore... It's not something you're asking them to do against their will. They're happy to be with you. And if you act excited about it, they'll act excited about it. And that's been a really healthy cycle, I think, for us with yeah. chores in general. Like, Matt and I have been like, laundry? Hell yeah, laundry. Mm-hmm. You know? And she's like, hell yeah, she's laundry. She's like, yeah, I will put the laundry in the washing machine, and I will take the washing machine to the dryer. It's awesome. Yeah. And you're like, I love your attitude. I wish I enjoyed it as much as you do. But but don't you think it's made us enjoy things more? Yeah, definitely. Like being able to do them with her and see it through her eyes. It's a lot of mindset stuff and, you know, whatever your personal uh, loaded issues are. And your kids let you look at that and go, oh, that makes sense. That doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. And so if they're a couple months old, you're you're either going to have to drag them along like a sack of potatoes, like literally attached to your body. But as they get older, include them. Include them as much as you can. Um and let them feel like they are involved because that's what they really want. They just want to be, they want to be big people with you. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Well, on that note, email us, DM us, send yeah, us questions. Yeah, do all the things. Uh, you got sex questions. We'll just keep answering them. I'll probably drink <laughs> for next week's podcast too, so. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm down to do a second or third part or I'm down to move on entirely. It's kind of, yeah. we let you guys guide the podcast. Yeah, let us know what you want to hear, <laughs> what you want to see. Have an amazing afternoon or whenever you're listening to this, I guess. And talk soon. Bye.